Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Postgame Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get a bunch of amazing bonuses. I'm your host, Rudo, joined today by Evan Rao and Blaze Hunter to talk about a game of hockey. It was indeed a game of hockey. Uh, Avs lose three to nothing to Vegas. The fourth game of the series, they end up splitting two, two, none of them go to overtime. So a perfectly even split. Uh, (laughs) The Avs offense just didn't get the job done tonight. And you know what? Credit to Mark Andre Fleury. He played great, made the saves he had to make, but just didn't quite get put together. Did it? Math was unstoppable. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) or actually stopped everything in front of him it was unreal there you go there you go um it through the first two periods he played well he made the quality saves there the abs had legitimate high danger chances that he stopped uh even if they were a bit few and far between we'll get into that in a bit uh and then in the third period that i don't know the the chaos happened and it was clear that the abs just weren't going to score a goal in this game but I mean, look, it is what it is to me. I I don't think this is that big of a deal. One, because no goalie's going to play like this every night, even though Flurry did play very, very well in this series. Two, these are two good teams. The Avs certainly didn't bring their A game tonight. And when you're probably talking about the two good te- the two best teams in the Western bracket not the division but the whole west side of the playoffs whatever you want to call it i that you're gonna lose some games to the to the other quality teams in your area so i i think what this series has taught the abs is kind of like st louis last couple of you can't get behind this team yep like once vegas gets ahead then they are gonna do what they do and that's i I felt like they controlled 80 percent of the first period and then once they got that goal they kind of stepped on it a little bit. And then from there, it was just, they sat back and let Flurry do his thing, but it, it really felt like they dictated the play for the first two periods. And the Avs got a couple chances, but it was just kind of one and done. And yeah. then it was a little bit few and far between. So that it happens. This is, it's a good team you're playing. Um, that's, it's going to happen every once in a while. The Avs just weren't on their game and a good team took advantage. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Go ahead. Go. I was just going to say the Avs started playing Vegas's game, and that's never going to yeah. end well for them. Um, they just play that big physical game. There's not a lot of flow to it, right? But they just they create chances out of it, and that's not the Avs game at all. I mean, 
five minutes to go in the first period, and the Avs had what two shots on goal? I've right into Vegas's hands for sure. Yeah, yeah. and it's tough, and and that's going to happen some nights. Uh, I look. Yes, the Avs got shut out twice in this series, but they also won the other two games. I, yeah. You know, I, the the offense, maybe you can ask some questions about some of that you write off because Fleury played great. But at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is is the wins and the losses, the two points and the zero points. And splitting the series is fine. You don't. You didn't lose any ground. Yeah, you, you kind of lost an opportunity to gain ground on Vegas if you're the Avs in this game but they didn't lose any ground in this series either. And that's not going to kill you. <laughs> no, especially so, since they were shorthanded the first two games. Yeah, so, exactly. Hold court and hopefully live to fight another day here when they face off against them in whatever, a couple weeks. Yep. Um, I think the point that you mentioned there, Evan, and, and Blaze you were alluding to too, was a lot of one-and-done hockey here for the Avs offensively and when you have a goaltender like the way Flurry was playing in this game, you have to know that you're not going to beat him with a clean goal. You have to get something dirty, get something going in there to to create a goal. And there just wasn't enough of it tonight. I, I think it it goes even wider than that. Even look at the quality opportunities that the Avs had. It was just that little bit off. Cross ice pass to Kadri has to collect it instead of one timing it to fire it in. Allows Flurry to get slightly over a bit further and make the save. Plays like that were happening all over the night, all over the ice tonight for the Avs. So, and, uh, is is there something you look at? How do you improve that if you're the Avs? Do you just say, "Hey, you shake it off, play better next game," or what? Whew. I think for this one, right? Like, it's let's just get it all out. Like, have yeah. the Avs just get it all out of their system, and then they can move forward again. Like, it looked like they were just trying to set up too many pretty plays to try to score when like they just need to get the puck to the front of the net and crash the net and try to get something past uh flurry. Cause he was unreal tonight. Yeah. Tonight was not a night where a pretty goal was going to do it. Uh, you know, it's just need to be more crash and bang hockey and the abs were just, they didn't have their legs for the first 15 minutes of the game or so. And then, yeah, from there they were just kind of playing catch up. So, um, it happens. These games, are, they'll happen. You know, if, if you don't have your game from the start, it's kind of hard to get it going against a good team like that. It's, this isn't like Anaheim where you can probably have a period like that and just bounce back and maybe find your game in the second period. Uh, Vegas is just too good for that to happen. And yep, they were able to – we talked about it the other night. Mark Stone was kind of a non-factor. He was a factor tonight. He, he was breaking up passes left and right and – you know, that's that's what he can do for that team. Calvert wanted a piece of him there at the end of the game. <laughs> Who didn't Calvert want a piece of him at the end there? I love they cut the Calvert in the penalty box and he was just vibing. Yeah. <laughs> Leaning over like, yep. <laughs> just let me go to the locker room. Oh, nothing pisses off a player more than when you, like, go and engage and then you just let go and let the guy fall. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't. What do you need Ryan Reeves for if Calvert can dunk on him like that? That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I see people getting worked up, obviously, over Will Carrier at the end. It's just like, uh, this guy's insignificant. Just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> he's no, he's a nothing. Like, he's just a fourth-line dude. Just, you know, don't don't let the guys like that bother you. <laughs> I, I mean, 
arguably shouldn't have even been playing in this game based on the hit he made on Landy. But yeah, for sure. Not uh, not going to have a major impact on the series, to say the list. Uh, thank you for the super chat, Vaguely Sober. Uh, he's not trying to get his career ended by concussion, but I mean... He let, only knows one way how to yeah, play. Exactly, exactly right. He's got one speed, and that's just how he plays hockey. And it's had, yeah, sorry. it's one of those situations with Calvert where he's not. There's a reason he's a bottom six player, right? He doesn't quite have the hands. He doesn't quite have the ability to to be a top six score producer type of player. So he knows. He has to play a certain way to guarantee space and time in the lineup for himself every single night. It's it's just part of the way of bottom six NHL hockey sometimes. <laughs> I just had that same thought, though. That's hilarious. <laughs> 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 when you started getting into it, it's like, oh, he really just wants to go back on uh, IR real fast. I mean, like, you see Reeves just like shove his head down. And you're like, yeah. mm. Not good. Mm. <laughs> you play your whole career a certain way you just i think he understands that's just how he made it <laughs> he can't like really stop now zero percent chance that that's actually aj there's no way he made that a <laughs> 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 um anyway <laughs> I, and zeke you do bring up a good point here the Vegas series, at least the four-game series, is done. They don't play Vegas again for a bit here. They go into Minnesota on Wednesday. They have the back-to-back against Arizona, and then it's I think this start of March it's San Jose to kick it off, right? So they went toe-to-toe with Vegas. Expectations have to be high against these weaker teams. Yeah, and most of March is at home. If I, like, yeah, I feel like, like 90% of the, percent of the March are is at home. home. It's insane. It's yeah. insane. So it's definitely in the month to uh, hopefully take advantage of the schedule. And now that right now they are healthy, hopefully that continues. You can't say for sure with this team, but you'd hope that a healthy team can take advantage of these weaker, weaker opponents. (laughs) Yeah, you would have to think so. And I think that's, if you're looking for a positive takeaway from this game, have certainly didn't bring their A game and it cost them against Vegas, but weaker teams, this game is probably just fine. If you don't run into a wicked hot goalie, the Avs easily score three goals in this game. Yeah, and we we do have you gotta give Vegas credit. Like a part of the reason why the Avs struggled is because Vegas was really good defensively. Yep. They sure. gave up a few chances, but the Avs had nothing in the first period. Like they were creating nothing because Vegas just wasn't giving them any time and space. And if you watch them, it was all five guys back. Like McKinnon couldn't skate through everyone because they were all back. You just can't do that when it's five guys there. So yeah, Vegas deserves a lot of credit. If the Avs play, if they have an off game, but still get high danger chances like that game against most teams, they're going to be just fine. Yeah. Yeah, Agreed. And yeah, Vegas, it's an interesting stylistic matchup because for the most part in this series, we've seen which team imposes their will on the game usually ends up winning it. We saw this game, obviously Vegas played to a T to their style. The outdoor game was very much 
the Avs leaning, particularly with the good ice in the evening. The Avs got to play that higher-paced game a little bit. And same with the other game that they won. There was a lot of offense being generated. They fell off in the third period in that one, but, you know. It's it's a clash of styles, and and the team that can force the other team to play the way they want them to play has won so far in this series. So. Yeah, it's important to get not get too high or too low, I guess, in the, a series like this. But it's also, I mean, I, f- I feel like these last four games have just been a preview of what you're going to see in the postseason. I don't think either of these teams is really going to run away from the other one. Yeah, I, I think these teams are on a crash course, basically. What's crazy that is that the Avs had nothing going on in the first and yet still outshot the Knights. Yeah. So the third period took over. Yeah, I think Vegas no. just stopped trying to shoot. <laughs> and, uh, definitely some score effects in the third there, I would agree. But Defensive positioning. <laughs> I mean, look at uh, you can't look at how the periods ended up. It was shots were like eight to two with five minutes left in the first, and the period ended up ten to eight. So the Avs did have their pushback moments in the game. Second period ended up 12 to 11. It's just like you guys had already mentioned, their pushback moments were a great two-on-one opportunity that Fleury makes a save or a two-on-one opportunity where bafflingly the Avs decide to pass instead of take the shot. Just moments where the generation of opportunities came, but the follow-up decisions weren't there. The follow-up hard work to dig out a rebound to maintain possession wasn't there. So yeah, I don't, I don't want to call it good process because the second half of the process was bad, but they gave themselves chances to do the right thing and just couldn't get over the finish line. So we can take our first period break there as we are sponsored by Breckenridge Brewery. Got a vanilla Porter jr. Right here for you. Go grab one at the DNVR bar, eight different types of, of DNVR Breckenridge Brew on tap there. You can also call the farmhouse 303-803-1380 and use that DNVR code to save $5 off of your order of Breck Brew. We also have Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD-infused coffee that has really changed live, also available at the Breckenridge, not at Breckenridge, at the DNVR bar next to the Breckenridge Brew. Get it cold brew down there. You can use code DNVR20 at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you order to save 20% off your first purchase. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's talk a little bit about what went wrong on the goals for the Avalanche here because the first period, Grubauer played great. 100% 100% kept the Avs in this game and and gave them an opportunity to do clear out a first period that was not particularly effective, at least for the most part for the Avs. Then you get into the second period, and obviously first goal comes on the power play. You know, Option one is always just don't take the penalty, right? But you saw a theme through all three of these goals where an avalanche defenseman gets beat. First goal, Ryan Graves gets roasted up the middle by Alex Tuck. Just not even close. That's a that's an issue you, you're going to see with Graves a lot. But how do you prevent that on the PK? That, that was uh, how a power play coach draws up the, the break-in, essentially. Yeah. You got two guys coming in full speed against guys who are just not moving. And Alex Tuck is a great skater. 
and he had as soon as the puck got to him, it was over. Like yep. Graves is not going to recover there. And Jost, you can see, he tried to get a stick, and it just wasn't enough. So, uh, yeah, I mean, where that pr- play kind of breaks down is in the neutral zone, where these guys just have too much speed coming in. So it happens Find a way to slow him down before. Yeah, because yeah. we all, I mean, we know Graves is. If he if he if someone gets a step on him, it's over. Like yep. that's just the reality. He knows it too. So, yeah, not 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 an ideal uh, defending on the break in there. Yeah. Meanwhile, Vegas did their research and looked at some of the uh, entry zone plays that the Avs had and just made sure that it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Avs, uh, definitely a bit of a struggle trying to connect. And it, honestly, I, I'm trying to think of a single time that they got fully set up in the offensive zone and there's not much of it tonight. Most of their chances were off the rush. So, yeah. You could, I feel like the Vegas Petrangelo showed his clip of yelling, Oh boy. <laughs> because anytime McKinnon had the puck coming down, he had two or three four Vegas forwards chasing him. Like he knew that uh, the forwards knew that they had to be on the guy and just not give, I guess, not give him that much space in the neutral zone. For sure. It, they, uh, they had a game plan. We'll put it that way. Uh, the, they, they knew that the Avs were going to try and rely on on speed to beat them. And, and the speed was there at times, but they understood not to let the Avs get consistent pressure offensively. And, and, they, and they had a good game plan to deny that, whether it be breaking it up at the blue line or, I mean, let's be honest, simply outworking the Avs a lot of the time in, in their own zone to, to get rebounds and collect pucks and get them going the correct direction. Uh, second goal... Uh, this one's just pretty unfortunate, right? Kale McCarr does get a little bit beat on the outside by Tuck, which it's not like he got completely bodied. He kept up with him, didn't let him have a clean angle into the net. But even that, the way Kale McCarr skates is unusual. I'd have to see it again. But yeah, if you getting beat to the outside is not, if you're going to get beat, get beat to the outside. Don't let him into the center of the ice. So yeah, I mean, this was just more of a, Unfortunate bounce. And then, yeah, Grubauer makes the save right into Byram's skate. What do you do? Yeah. yeah. Byram almost had a chance to grab it out of the air, too, there. Yeah, he took a whack at it, but <laughs> not quite. Uh, just just didn't connect. Not quite there. Welcome to the league, rookie. Watch your skates. <laughs> that's, uh, that's two own goals in two games for him, technically. Yeah, that's a bummer. He'll he, get one he, in the other net soon, I believe. He did struggle tonight, though, watching him. He just looked like he was struggling out there. Um, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, who fell coming into the zone there? Was that from the Vegas Knights? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Petrangelo fell, and he just, like, sealed him off. Yeah, like, that's the correct play. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Got a, what? I got a little what? angry about that. Are you talking about when yeah. Tuck fell? It wasn't Petrangelo's Tuck. Yeah, you're yeah. right. I mean, he, he did kind of put his butt into him but it wasn't like that egregious well, yeah like he it wasn't like z off. throwing eichel's face into the boards a couple <laughs> years ago after the whistle yeah. <laughs> like tuck was gonna try and like ride the boards forward and like spread out some of the energy and byron was just like no nah, i'm making you run directly <laughs> into the boards bro i mean yeah it's it's the right play right like you separate the basically the player yeah. from the puck like if he goes soft there and tuck gets up and just you know, pushes the puck down. It's a different story. So, yeah, 
for sure. It it is what it is on that side. What did you guys think of the third period for Bayern, or at least late in the third period? Because I was actually pretty encouraged by the physicality he showed there. Um, you know, obviously March you saw with the the dirty slash to the back of the knee, but you know, Byram stood right up, hit a guy against the boards, and then he comes and takes a penalty against Petrangelo in the middle, which let's be honest, the game was over, so who cares about that penalty? But that's a frustration penalty right there. <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. it this is kind of who he is, right? Like this is what he was in the WHL. He had a he's a little feisty guy, so it game reality was the game was over. It was three nothing. Just it wasn't that bad. Like just send a message and be done with it. I don't think the coaches are gonna sit him down for anything like that. Just let it happen. Yeah. I right. Exactly that. Um I, Third goal, really quick here. We may have to come back to this, but on the third goal, the super weird situation with McCarr halfway going for a change and then giving up on it. Yeah, I don't... It looked like he was trying to get off the ice and he didn't get off the ice. He had to come back. So it's like either way, if he got off the ice, whoever got on the ice for him was probably screwed anyway. So it was just a bad situation all around. We can talk about that a little bit more. We do have AJ Hayfley, I believe, live from the arena coming with us to talk about the locker room comments very quickly. And he's left the room. All right. AJ (laughs) will be back in a second to tell you guys what happened in the locker room. Hopefully. There we go. He's back now. See if this works. AJ, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. Perfect. My bad. I was pushing too many buttons on that one. You good? I know you got to get out of here quick, so just uh, just give us the locker room rundown. You know, basically, uh, the players felt like the effort just wasn't good enough. They've set the standards a little higher this year for themselves, and they didn't live up to that tonight. And that's ultimately what they felt like kind of led to the demise tonight. Why they why they did not get any job done? Yeah. Definitely a fair assessment. Credit to Flurry and Vegas where it's due, but I think everybody knows the Avs are capable of better than that, and we saw it earlier in this series. So, so that's pretty straightforward. Uh, any any particular quotes or any takeaways you have from the game? You know, Bedner. I thought Bedner was pretty spot on. I really, honestly, I really agreed with him uh, a lot in the post game, where he just said that their their execution was just bad. You know, it wasn't it wasn't so much that they weren't creating anything. It wasn't so much that they struggled with uh, a ton outside of their early game defense. It was really just they couldn't they couldn't finish anything, man. They didn't cash in on any of their chances. And he he said some of that credit certainly goes to Flurry, But if you look at he pointed to the second Vegas goal and he said, look, that's that's a bad break for us. But that's also making your own luck. You know, that's that's a great that's a great outlet pass. It's a great play by Alex Tuck to get wide and beat Kale McCarr in a, in a way that we almost never see McCarr get beat. And it uh, it paid off for him. He throws a puck at the net, gets stopped, but it goes off of Byram. Like that's a that's a that's a bad beat for the abs, but it's something that Vegas created entirely out of doing the good, the good and the right things that they should be doing. You can't get beat bad if you don't let them get to the river. That's uh, a very niche Texas Hold'em reference that I'm sure three people in the chat got. Uh, <laughs> AJ, 
were there any takeaways from uh, from the heat at the late in this game? You get to be in the arena and, and see a little bit of everything off camera as well. And it's a three zero loss for the app that was pretty clear late in the third period. Is is that most of just what the the scrumming was about, or is, is there a little bit more to that blood, bad blood in this four game series? Yeah, I mean you play you play an opponent that you have a lot of respect for four times in a row in a week. Uh, you're pretty over them. Yeah. So, no argument there. <laughs> I think I think it was just I think it was two teams that are just sick of seeing each other. They're sick of they've been they've been kind of going back and forth all week, and I think they're I think they're just they're just over each other right now. So I um, for the record, um, just just live. I don't know what it looked like on a slow motion replay, but live, I didn't really have a huge issue with the Carrier shot at the end of the game that Grubauer was upset about. I, I can understand why Grubauer is like, it's three, nothing. You don't need to do this, whether there's one second or not, <laughs> but I think it was just competitive people being pissed off that the other competitive people also exist. Yeah. I mean, you might be able to make a case that it was a hair late, but I'm, I'm going to go against the, uh, the old boys hockey club here. And I've never like, unless the dude waits two full seconds after the horn to shoot it. Like I've never had a problem with that late shot. I, I don't get the big deal. Yeah. I mean, it's a three, nothing game uh, and there's no upside to it. If you score, it's four, nothing. If you don't congrats, you still won three, nothing. Uh, so I think it's probably just viewed as like a sportsmanship thing, but when there's time on the clock, you're allowed to try and score. I and mean, the bench was yelling at him. Like they were yelling to for him to shoot, shoot it. Yeah. You could very audibly hear that they were getting after him a little bit. So, so I mean I don't yeah. know. I just that, that's how you build a rivalry though, right? Like somebody does something that the other team doesn't like and you take it personally and you make fun of the other guy's mom and you're off and running. I mean that's the whole conversation around that uh March or so Byram situation late in the third period, right? March or so with the dirty slash to the back of the knee and then Byram goes crazy. <laughs> Kinda. <Yeah. laughs> so yeah. I, I mean everyone's I'm not gonna say it's gonna happen because it's hockey and, and anything can happen throughout the rest of the season. There's a lot of games to go, but I think everyone kind of is on the track that look, these two teams are on a collision course in the playoffs, whether that be in the first or the second round or whatever. Cheers and look like it's going to be in the first round. Yeah, by, no. by the end of the year, whenever one of these teams gets eliminated, they are not going to like each other at all if they don't already. So well, I don't think uh, any of these teams are going to like each other. They're going to play these teams eight times. Like that's I don't like any of these. I'm already bored of like and annoyed with watching some of these games. Like you're playing the same teams over and over again. This is what's going to happen. Like this is probably what the NHL wanted. Yeah, you know. I think LA has won five games in a row. Uh, if if you have to play, if you have to choose between St. Louis or LA in the first round, I mean, just give it Colorado's history with the Kings. Do you really do you really want that in your first round? Maybe maybe if if the Kings are going to come away with that fourth spot, maybe it's best that the Avs just finish second, play in the middle. I kind of I kind of wish I had gone all in and gone with the Kings because I wanted to pick him for that fourth spot, but I didn't. But You're weak. I know. I can't even remember who I picked for the fourth spot. <laughs> but I think I picked Minnesota. Ooh. 
that's a choice. Yeah. <laughs> there was no choices for that four spot. <laughs> AJ, I know you got to get home, and I know they're closing down Ball Arena, so we're going to let you get out of here. Thank you very much for giving us the locker room vibe. We appreciate you. Feel free to go ahead and dip whenever you need to. That segment brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. When you sign up with a new account using code DNVR, you can get yourself a bunch of different amazing odds boosts, whether you have the odds boosts on sports that they provide every single day, or you can just jump in and get their new sign-up bonuses all new players, the chance to cash $100. New customers can bet $1 on any team, any basketball game this week, anyone. All they have to do is hit one three-pointer in the game. Doesn't matter which team. You turn a dollar into 100 bucks. It's literally free $100. Free money. Can when is the last time there was a basketball game that happened without a three point? I legitimately don't know. It has to be like years before they had the three point line. <laughs> so it's basically free money. Jump on the DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Get your opportunity. One three pointer turns a hundred dollars for you. Slam dunk offer won't be around forever. So jump on it now. Use that DNVR code once you download DraftKings Sportsbook. From the App Store. Again, be sure to use code DNVR to let them know we sent you on over there. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Winnings paid out in four twenty-five dollars free bets. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. This series i want to take a little bit of a wider look because let's face it there's not a ton to talk about from the abs in this game they didn't execute they got goalied it is what it is how do you all feel about the vegas abs matchup as a whole aj's talking about doesn't really want to play the kings in the first round if you have a choice would you feel confident if you're the abs going into vegas if you had a seven game series right now yeah i would okay Assuming the Avs are healthy, yeah. I think yeah. they have the high-end players to take care of business against Vegas. But it, it, it's not going to be easy. Like They're, they're not going to sweep any team or this team. So, uh, I, But I still feel confident in a seven-game series that McKinnon, above all, would win out against Vegas. Yeah, it, it has the potential to be the new rivalry, at least for this year, right? So... Uh, two great teams playing each other like that. And like, look at the games that we just saw. They were amazing, um, you know, split. But I, I think the Avs, like Evan was saying, just have the higher in talent, and that's going to win out in a long series. So This is a, it's a series we've been waiting a few years to actually see. Yeah. I remember, what was it, two years ago? Maybe the three San years Jose ago. The San Jose series, yeah. Where yeah, well, even then. On like, track, but... <laughs> yeah, and I think even like the first year that the Avs made the playoffs, it seemed like they were on a collision course to play Vegas, and then they ended up Nashville. So yeah, it just right. always seems to have missed out. So um, I think it'd be a great series either way. And these two teams are easily the best in this division, and I, I, I still would feel confident with the Avs against them. All right, I, I don't disagree. My my other question, I pose this to Twitter as well, and, and chat, feel free to jump in and answer this one too. 
how real is Mark Andre Fleury right now? He's been an absolute stud so far through this season, but how sustainable is that? Is this a guy that is having the year of his career at how old is he now? 37, 38, 36, I think 36. Okay. Is he having the year of his career right now? Or is this a hot streak and he got hot too early? Not going to be, not going to be this hot when it counts in the playoffs. I'm done predicting goalies, man. (laughs) (laughs) There's just, that's the one position where you could get a great season or two out of a guy who's old. Like, you just never know. And it's not like this is, he had a bad year last year, but he's still, like, he's been a good goalie for Vegas for the most part. Um, and the scary thing, I guess, is they have Laner just sitting there yeah. like, when well, he gets I mean, healthy. He's been hurt, but yeah. yeah. <clears throat> what so, happens when he gets healthy, though, if, if Marc-Andre Fleury is playing like this? Do you ride the hot how, hand? How can you sit Fleury right now? Yeah. I mean, Let's uh, go straight to their his agent on Twitter was Alan, War- <laughs> Alan Walsh. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that situation. In two months, there's going to be a picture of Laner with a sword. <laughs> <laughs> Could happen. <laughs> So, yeah, goalies are just crazy, though, right? Like, they just have hot years, and then they have years where they're just, like, total garbage, and you can't predict it. I mean, obviously, Pittsburgh thought they were making the right move when they got rid of Marc-Andre Fuller, and look what he's done. Yeah, and Pittsburgh goalie situation is kind of a mess now. It is rough. (laughs) So, yeah. Definitely rough there. Most of chat seems to think that uh, Fleury's a streak meister. Can't consistently keep it up on this one. Which I, who, I would need to agree with, but it's yeah. a short year. Like it's not that's true. A goalie doesn't have to stay hot like eighty-two games the whole season. Like short season, it could happen. You never know. Hot and healthy though for a thirty-six-year-old that's going hot berserk. and healthy. Yeah. That's, his, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's his profile on whatever the app is called. That's like I feel like that's the slogan of the abs right now. Hot and healthy. They're finally healthy, and they're always they always have a bunch of male models. So. <laughs> <laughs> Why not write it? Write yeah. it for the next month. Um, I I think that's part of the situation for the Avs too here over the next not just month but the rest of the season. Honestly, this is going to be a slog. There is one two day break for the rest of the year for Colorado. Other than that, it's games every other day or more. Uh, they're not going to have time to dwell on this loss because they have three games in the next five days. It's how the goalie guess... situation is what we're going to have to watch for the next yeah, month. Right. Because Francois is still out for a while is, is the quote we it's have now yeah. indefinitely. <laughs> so Brutal. it went from day to day to week to week to long term <laughs> to now indefinitely. Like he's, just I'm I'm just imagining him wasting away in bed or something like that. Like it's no one knows what happened. Like and none of us can really go to a practice, so we didn't see what happened. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find out. I asked about Adam Werner today. I was like, what's the plan? Like this is a what what is he twenty two, twenty three? He's just been he hasn't been able to get into a game. Like he can't do anything because of it's a trickle down effect of this goaltending situation. So sounds like. Miska is the backup when they need a guy, which so you know, Friday or yeah. Saturday. Yeah. And they're going to need a backup a lot yeah. <laughs> the next two months. So, so just, Werner's just the warm body on the backup right now, it sounds like. Yeah. I would rather see Werner because same Miska 
is so wild in net. I feel like as a defense, that's going to fluster you a little bit. Whereas Werner, you know, he didn't have better numbers in the NHL, but I think you kind of know what to expect back there. He's going to take up, he's going to just rely on his positioning a little bit more. So, I don't, I mean, the question here is Miska has had two games in the NHL this year so far, and neither were particularly great. If he goes out there and, and is the backup for the Arizona series and plays one of those games and he lays another egg, how long can you keep that going with Werner chomping at the bit to try and get in? It it doesn't seem sustainable to to run with that. I, I, because at this point, we're just operating under the assumption that Francois is never coming back, basically. <laughs> if, if Miska goes out there and just has the game he had for those two first games where there's no like rebound control whatsoever, I, I don't think Bednar is going to put up with it for a few more games. I mean, I think you'll, you'll see a switch pretty quickly because, I mean, with the condensed schedule, you've got to have that number two ready to go. And the player's got to feel solid about it too, right? Like playing in front of that guy, making sure that they feel like he's going to at least pick up the first first shot on net and hopefully not kick it right out to the opposing team that's coming in on you. So Tonight is a game where under normal circumstances, I think Frankie would have been in there. But yeah. they didn't have that ability to do that. Like that third goal is probably one of the... I don't even know if it's a particularly bad goal, but it's probably one of the worst goals Groobies give up yeah. this year. Was well, definitely and, and yeah, it, we're going to see in the next couple of weeks how this goalie situation is going to work out. I would play Werner on Friday if only because Miska, I'm assuming, hasn't been able to do anything for the last seven days. And Werner, when I was able to go to practice last week, I thought he looked pretty good. And he's been able to face NHL shooters consistently here. So, to me at this point, you gotta like you gotta do what you feel like is best to win a game. You gotta win a game with your backup at some point. Yeah. It I I mean, I'm on the record actually disagreeing with that. I don't think as long as Grubauer's healthy, I don't think your backup matters that much. You play a backup for your your back to backs at very least just to keep Grubauer fresh, but I think the Avs are good enough to make the playoffs and, and Grubauer is your man in the playoffs full stop. It, you're not relying on anyone else in that regard, but uh, I definitely think so, but you need your backup to win some games. If you're going to, if you want that top spot, like yeah. they're going to need their backup to win yeah. a game or two. I think that's what do, you, what do you think the backup should do as far as like game splits? Like it, are you saying he should go 50% on wins or is that higher? At this point, I would take a win. <laughs> in, a, in a world where Francois is healthy, you'd you'd expect that minimum 50-50, right? But yeah, yeah, it it's how long do the Avs wait before they bring in another goalie? Because yeah, Gruby has never been like a big workload goalie in his career because he's been a backup to split with Varley to split with Frankie for the most part last year because he couldn't stay healthy. So. We're going to see. We're going to find out. Yeah, the cap situation is interesting for the Habs right now. Um, and the whole thing about trading for a goalie is I don't like they're going to have to, what, quarantine, I would assume. Like everything's weird right now. Yeah, so. there's, it, it's a bunch of weird stuff for sure, to say the least. Um, I did want to talk about it and 
we're we're beating a dead horse a little bit here, <laughs> but JT Comfer, low man on TOI tonight, continues to be invisible at best on any given night. Uh, there was already the conversation. Uh, I don't know if it was you, Evan, or AJ who who told us about this, but where Bednar had talked to Confer and said, "Look, man, we need more out of you." Yeah. Uh, when when does the hammer drop? When does the other shoe fall on this one? Yeah, because I did ask Bednar. I said, he, you know, he doesn't have an even strength point this year. Like, what does he need to do? And he basically said, you know, I didn't like him at the start of the year. I feel like his effort and his intensity is trending up, but. Last two games, it's been back down again, where he's not doing anything. Yeah. The only guy without a shot attempt tonight, so at even strength. So you do wonder. Only played nine minutes. That third line, like him and, but like we we talked about it before. They put him, Jost, and Nachushkin together at the end of the game, and you're not getting anything from that line offensively. You're just not. That's the reality of the situation. So. Yeah, you, you do wonder at what point do they send a message where they're healthy and Logan O'Connor sitting there, put Jost at center and tell Confer, you know, you got to watch tonight. <laughs> you know, you yeah. got to earn that spot back. It's a tough spot. It's a tough spot for sure. And I look, on a night where Nathan McKinnon's going off, you don't notice that as much. On a night where the Avs trying to grind through it, trying to find a dirty goal – that's where you notice the Avs' bottom six's lack of production, right? Yeah, I mean, especially if the Avs want to go deep into the playoff run, they're going to have to start getting some more production out of those bottom six. I mean, that's, you know, when you start getting into the playoffs, that can make or break a team, right? Like, if the top six aren't scoring, what is the bottom six doing to help kind of alleviate some of that pressure of scoring a bunch of goals and games to win? Even then... Who was the wild card last year when they didn't when they needed a goal from someone who wasn't on that top line? Who was the guy who got it to him or gave it to him? I mean, honestly, it is Vlad Nemesnikov in the playoffs? Well, <laughs> I was going to say Burakovsky was and, the guy, and Burakovsky has disappeared over the last handful of games. Yeah he he has not looked good for a while, and yeah. he never has fit on the top line for me. Yeah, and he was an anchor there for the first period tonight to the point where they. Right back. Ben Ar- was over. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like so, the musical chairs there in the second and third, though. Yeah. Yeah. Though it was dangerous. Yeah. We got the blender yeah. the last half of the game there. <laughs> the but yeah. And I I didn't think any of the defensemen were good tonight, if I'm being honest. It was Taves turned into superhuman man in the third period. But for the if you look at the shot share, he got destroyed. His metrics were. <laughs> Bad. And I, I totally jinxed Timmons. I, I liked him in the first <laughs> yeah, period. Yeah. I, I've been bagging him all year. I liked him in the first period because I, I felt like you know it wasn't perfect, but he was being aggressive. He was moving and he was jumping into the play. And then the first shift of the second period, he just it was a immediate mess. penalty. <laughs> well, it was he dropped it back to nobody in his spot. Yeah, and then his penalty. Yeah, so. Yeah, when when the top line's not going, then they they, they just didn't have anything from the depth guys tonight, other than the fourth line occasionally. <laughs> Makara was trying to get Nakushin going by posting one off his shoulder. Did you see that clapper that he took? Yeah, <laughs> a couple a couple of av shots hit their own guys in front tonight, but yeah, Nakushin looks 
it's nothing. Nothing's happening there. Yeah, that's it's what. So the Avs have played a quarter of their games through the season so far, and you have Nachushkin leading the pack of the bottom six with three points. Comfer has two. Jost has one point. Belmar has no points, and I think Calvert has a single point as well. Belmar has no points this year. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I saw somebody mention that they need to Chushkin in the lineup for his size. He doesn't even use it. Yeah. He's, the time. He's <laughs> like there was at size. one point he had Stevenson lined up and he just kind of went in there soft on him. And Stevens, Stevenson came away with a puck, which is just like that. That's not, that's not, that's not what's supposed to happen there. What? I agree with your take that none of the defense was good tonight. Is that something you live with? Because, I mean, let's face it. The Avs yeah. defense does have a bunch of 21, 22-year-old, 19, in Byram's case, year olds on it. They're going to have off nights. Yeah. But it happens. It was just a game where everyone seemed a little bit off. And yeah. we know that this is – we talked about it. It's – if not the best defense in the league, it's one of the best defenses in the league. So they can have a night off. It's, it can happen. Um, yeah. I know everyone Everyone wants to see Shane Bowers. We all want to see Shane Bowers. <laughs> I'm not sure the organization knows he exists at this point. He seems, we said it the other day, I think uh, he seems further away. Like <laughs> It's not even worth talking about him until he gets called up to the taxi squad because he can't play for seven days until he gets called up to the taxi squad. So Until they even like talk about him. Yeah, and then Martin Kaut's gone. Like no one knows what happened there. He's upper body injury supposedly, but yeah. Yeah. So, at the at this point, yeah, if, if conference coming out, you got to put LOC back in there because yeah. LOC deserves a lineup spot the way he played. He's got two goals on the season. The leech has got to be taught, if not being pulled on for Comfort at this point. You have to think so. If you're gonna preach accountability, you got to show it. Like, and, it's been 15 games, <laughs> and like I know everyone sees the direct connection between oh Bowers and JTC because Bowers is a center, but the reality is JTC can play wing too. On his best game, they played him at wing so far this year. <laughs> but if they bring in LOC to play wing, you just slide Jost over to center. It's a super easy move for the Abs to make. So. Has Joe? I guess they've been—they've probably been switching off the last two games. Yeah, playing it's, center. It's been a little all over the place for sure. Hasn't been good either way. <laughs> not great. <laughs> Definitely not great. So, uh, yeah. Obviously, the cap situation is weird, right? Like there are a bunch of different situations that the Avs can use to either decide not to call someone up or you can get into an emergency situation where it doesn't count against the cap sometimes or you can use their LTIR which they still will have because of Francois because of EJ if they choose to put them on LTIR it's just the ASCAP situation is beyond human understanding all right I don't understand it at all so anyone who asks me anything on Twitter about cap I Sorry if I ignore you because I don't understand. The cap is beyond me at this point with all the emergency exceptions and all that stuff. Shout out to Dennis Gilbert getting hurt in the NHL. That's the old Ben Street move. Get did hurt he get, when you're. It, oh, yeah, he broke his nose. That's right. Duh. He, well, he did something, but 
<laughs> yeah, that was the Ben Street movie. You get called up, get hurt, and then you get an NHL salary. Cashing that check. Yeah. <laughs> That's You're why you get hurt. Get hurt yeah. in the NHL. <laughs> That's why you fought so quick. Like, I'm going like, to break my hand on this guy's helmet so fast. <laughs> I swear, Ben Street did that, I think, two, maybe three years in a row. And it was long-term stuff. Yeah. So The only thing I remember Ben Street for is getting colliding with Matthew Shane at the blue line. (laughs) This is one of my most popular clips ever was him just like Duchesne's coming through the neutral zone and street just steps in front of him and just (laughs) probably how he got hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I look final thoughts on this game on this series as a whole. Obviously the game didn't feel great, but as the Avs, you're sitting at nine, five, and one. You hung with Vegas, the best team in whatever this conference is, whatever you want to call it. Honda. Are, are they going to? Well, the division's the Honda West, but how are they deciding the like conference finals this year? Is it is it reseeded? I don't actually know. Um, aren't they? Doing crossover? I don't even know at this point. (laughs) Exactly. So nobody knows. It's a giant mystery, but the Avs by points percentage are the second best team in the Honda. uh, Pretty handily. Sounds so ridiculous. (laughs) They're the second best team inside the Honda Pilot. Go buy the 2021 version. (laughs) Zero down, zero deposit. Uh, (laughs) It is reseeded. Okay. So yeah, that's what I thought. Like they're. Things get wild after the yes, second round. So whatever the Evs, they the reality is they they will likely have to go through Vegas in the first two rounds anyway. Yeah. yeah, you didn't you didn't gain any ground, you didn't lose any ground, but you got a good idea of where you stand. Yep, and I think they should come out feeling pretty good about themselves. The They're, series I, as a whole, you have to think the Evs feel pretty good. Yeah, I'll, I'll give Vegas this game. I thought they were the better team overall. You look at the first game, the Avs hadn't played in, what, 12 days? Something like that. So, eh, I don't know what to take about that game. Yeah, and there was injuries, right? I think the Avs feel pretty good about themselves. And, you know, you run into a hot goal, you run into a hot goal, and there's not much you can do about that. So, There's there's a parallel universe where the Avs sweep this series, if not for Marc-Andre Fleury. So, yeah. Not bad. Not bad at all. We're going to get out of here for the night. Thank you, everyone, for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. We appreciate you very much, especially all of you live here. Be sure to like and subscribe to the video and the YouTube channel. That helps us out a ton. Really do appreciate all of you. Yeah, uh, we will be back tomorrow with a normal show at 1 p.m., AJ and I, and then Wednesday night, the Minnesota Wild game and post game. Hope y'all will join us for that one. Hopefully, it's a little bit more of an entertaining game from the AB side than this one. Evan, Blaze, thank you for for staying up and uh, talking about this hockey game in which the Avs didn't score any goals. This was a reasonable time. That game flew yeah. by. That was it, what I was happy about. It's not <laughs> one in the morning when we're done with this podcast. That is true. It could be worse. Yeah. Well, that was actually like a pretty short game. It kind of flew by, so I was pretty happy. Not many penalties. Yeah, it went pretty quick. All right. On that note, we are out of here. Thank you again, and we will catch you guys tomorrow.